everyone, and welcome back to your favorite VR podcast. It's the Between Realities VR podcast. Yes, hello. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. It's a bonus episode. It's Wednesday, and my name is Alex VR. I am co-host of this magnificent broadcast, and join beside me, as always, is my co-host, Skiva. Hello, my good sir. What up? How How you doing? Dude, pretty good. I've been busy for the past couple of days, and I played Elden Ring for the past couple of days before that. Yeah, um, and um, we've got a couple couple busy days ahead of us here, dude. Right, like this the the next couple of weeks is just going to be absolutely insane. So um, I'm just looking forward to chilling today and uh, talking to our guests. Today know? we're chilling. Yeah. You know, we're going to be following mm-hmm. up on uh, on our our virtual athletics league series here, and we'll uh, we'll run the trailer for the winter games here in a minute. Um, tomorrow, Thursday night. You and I, Skiva and I, mm-hmm. will be on uh, the QTC podcast with Eric Masher, Mash Daddy Cool. Yes. Tomorrow night as guests. So that'll be really fun. And yep. uh, that'll give us a chance to, I don't know, talk about us. Yeah. Instead of talking about all these yep. other cool people. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> then Friday, we get another <laughs> show. And then Saturday, we have, uh, I'll be on the VR Realm. And then and then we'll both be on the VR Chat Show. Jeez. It's never Jeez. So super busy week <laughs> here for us, and uh, we thank you guys for being here and mm-hmm. joining us on this busy yep. journey. Um, Gamertag VR, this or the state of play? Oh, the state of play is happening I at the same so. time? <laughs> I guess oh, so. Oh, <laughs> man. Our fans are dedicated. Thank you guys for being here. Well, at least we know that there's no VR news, though. So, you well, know, like if they're hardcore VR fans. They, Sony said no VR news. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. And forget that. Yeah, don't forget that. that. Forget that. <laughs> Ezonker's in the chat. What's up? Thank you for being here. Butter something. What's good? How's Yo, it going? What's up? Master Cool. Yes, you made it. What's up, buddy? You made it. Thanks for being here, man. Uh, I got Colin Gaming 0924. Hi. Hey. What's up, man? <laughs> and the Obscure Nerd VR is here with us. What's up? Homie. What's We've up? Chroma Snare. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? How's it going? Robin's Reality. Good to see Robin. you, Robin. Hope you're doing all right. Little mm-hmm. Jansen Fox dancing away on this happy witness day. Oh, I see a little kitten in a box there from Boombox. I guess we'll get to that here in a little minute. Uh, Samson, what's up? Hello, everyone. Samson, thanks for being here with us. Uh, Sarah Scott, whoop, whoop. we're going to hear about some synth riders today. Oh, we're live. What's up, Florian? You know, this one was planned. We don't always do Wednesdays, but when there's a mm-hmm. reason to, we do bonus yep. Wednesday episodes, and boom, here we are. Here we are. And we also got Wolf Rosa joining us here live in the chat, and uh, everyone else who was just too slow, you know, too slow <laughs> on it. Like, you got to be on it. <laughs> you got to be here and be ready. You got to be here and be ready like today's guests were who have yes. been uh, patiently waiting with us today. Yes. You know, this is part two of our Virtual Athletics League VR Winter Games special series. And uh, joining us amongst these episodes are developers from games that have participated in Virtual Athletics League events. Um, and we are starting with two games that are both rhythm games. Mm-hmm. VR and rhythm are like a match made in heaven. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. And joining us today... From Synth Riders is Whirl, our friend Whirl, and from Boombox VR, CEO and community manager of Boombox VR, Ekaterina. Hello, Kat and Whirl. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Nice to be here. Delightful. Hello. Ah, 
to be here. Hi, guys. <laughs> they were making a bunch of, of dill puns before the show started, and I was pulling my hair out. And then she, <laughs> she comes onto the show and immediately leads with one. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Had to be done. Had to be done. Well, it's good it's to delicious. See you again, it's uh, it is good to see you again. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope all things are going well in your neck of the woods. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping, and it's, and hoping, fingers crossed. Yes, yes. <laughs> hoping, hoping things are going well. Fingers crossed. So, we're about to dive into some conversation about rhythm games, and mm-hmm. um, you know, we've got some questions for you. But first, oh yes, first, first, we're going to roll the trailer for the Virtual Athletics League VR Winter Games happening yes. right now. Let's check it out. I guess I should put some sound here, man. I know. Without my soundboard, this is a lot harder. <laughs> uh, hold on, please. We might have to run this again because. Yeah, we'll run it. We'll run it again. Hold on. You can imagine that there's just like this banging song. Oh, there it is. There we go. Welcome to VR Winter Games. Virtual Athletics League is running their fourth big event with the Winter Games started on February 26th, and they are rolling until March 20th. So we've got, I don't know, just a little over a week left, I guess, right? Maybe a little less than two weeks. Um, The Winter Games is a series of online tournaments, fitness challenges, and fun for anyone. uh, Events where you can enter and compete for your opportunity to win thousands in cash prizes. And guess what? You don't even need to be like the best player in the world to participate in these things. And there's games that aren't even exactly esports games. Um, like Synth Riders, for example, was a part of the uh, the summer or the summer games. Isn't that right, Whirl? Yep. Yep, definitely. And, and awesome. look, usually when we do the summer games, we always run challenges alongside for people who don't necessarily want to want to compete in terms of the master league and the high accuracy stuff. We run this stuff alongside of it um, to really encourage just everybody to get in and play the game in different ways that they wouldn't normally play. So, yeah, those are always a really important part of, of running those games. Yeah. Right. And Kat, um, Boombox VR was a part of the was, – were you guys in the summer games as well? Now we're in the winter games last year. And funny story about it, we just released the game. And um, we are actually we're getting uh, the release out there. And um, – we connected with awesome Valve VR team who was there supportive. And so, yeah, we participated and I think the community absolutely loved it. And it was one of the probably best decisions we made to actually get uh, the game out there. 
Beautiful. We love the Val Squad. You know, we've been working with them to pull these episodes together, and they're just like nothing but good vibes, mm-hmm. and it's it's really been fantastic. So, if you're a VR player out there and you're like, I want to win cash prizes for playing VR games, then check out the Virtual Athletics League because I really do think that's the most approachable way to get involved with competing and being in events and stuff like that. Who doesn't want to win stuff and playing video games? That's right. I mean, that's Let's a go. exactly that's a, that's a pretty good question. So, um, Kat Skiba and I both just were introduced to Boombox VR this week. Actually, I had not played this game before, and I don't think Skiva had either. Right? Um, and now we both have, and we yep. both had a chance to kind of try it out and uh, and play the game and see what our thoughts are. But maybe you can um, give us a brief introduction as to what Boombox VR is all about. Well, the Boombox is all about the community. And since the day number one, we actually were sitting there with our development team and deciding how do we want to get out there and what new things we want to introduce to the community. But there were so many already awesome games out there. So uh, one of the um, our key points were the uh, user-generated content approach with the DMCA free music. We do something that we call pool of music which means we create, we already have more than 400 DMCA free songs for the community to create their own content. And the important part is that all that content is available freely for everybody who has a boombox to download directly from the VR headset, which means also Quest Store and future PSVR uh, users can download the songs directly from their headsets. And we are keep on growing with that. Um, and always welcome more DJs. And actually tomorrow we're gonna be introducing our new DJ also. Uh, but at the same time, you also can pet the cat in our in our game. And the cat is actually real. It's uh, our <laughs> real cat. She's, <laughs> her name is Koopa. Um, and she just following you and uh, making you, I don't know, smile and laugh because she's very grumpy at all times. Uh, at the same time, we're also one of the first rhythm VR rhythm games that um, based our accuracy on the tempo. So actually, a rhythm is really important for our game. Beautiful. Yeah, I I think the game feels pretty good, and there are some features about the game that uh, I really enjoyed. I like being able to kind of change your background, just like pick a level, mm-hmm. you know. And it, it felt like very uh, open and kind of like free flowing. When you guys were developing this game, because it's, I find it interesting how important DC, DCMA, DCMA, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know the acronym. DMCA. DMCA. What does that stand for? I don't even know what that stands for. Does anybody know? Digital Millennium Copyright Downloadable oh. Copyright. Yeah. That there's a Copyright Act. I want to say it's digital yeah. something. Co- mm-hmm. I've, got, I've got Millennium in my head for some reason. I'm not sure. I like that. But yeah, just okay. remember, it's like YMCA, but with a D. That's how you remember it. DMCA. I will never forget it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that's you the can best. Sing, yeah, you sing it in your head. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun to get a DMCA. It's really easy. <laughs> wow. That's brilliant. Um, that's, so yeah, I, I think it's. I have a feeling it's like Digital Millennium Copyright Act, and it's a it's a US right. specific. I think it's US specific where it originates, and it's a way for um, copyright holders to. Um, raise concerns about use of use of copyrighted material. So you can you can lodge a DMCA mm-hmm. claim against things um, if you need to have them taken down from places of where they're published. You so know, yeah, I wanted to talk a and little you, bit. Oh, go ahead. And then you can. Oh, I just wanted to add that then mm-hmm. you can get the three strikes and your channel will be put down. Yes. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. I find it very interesting how seemingly important this is when it comes to rhythm games. You know, yeah. like it's so important. Like I want to like I'm curious as to like, why do you think it is that sharing rhythm game content is so important? And uh, maybe uh, I don't know who wants to start a world. Do you want to start? Um, yeah, content content creators have always been a, a part of a thing. And we're definitely when it comes to VR and it comes to rhythm games, people just really love to share their uh, the way that they move, the way that they move in response to, to music that they're playing. So it's definitely been something that's conscious. I do know that it's, it, I would almost think that it's rhythm games more than anything else because music is at the heart of rhythm games. Um, so whereas you might have lots of content creators streaming lots and lots of different games, when you're streaming a rhythm game, the, there is a lot of attention on um, digital rights management and making sure that you, whatever you're streaming, you have... Um, rights to do so or that you that you have an, an understanding that whatever platform you're streaming it to has uh, an arrangement in place that's going to, to look after your channel. So, um, yeah, it's just purely because it, rhythm games, music goes hand in hand with rhythm games more so than, than most um, pancake games, like, mm-hmm. like non-VR games. Um, so what's the Synthrider's yeah, approach been like? Because I know that you guys uh, have like some huge yeah. games, like major, major acts that uh, are definitely not DMCA free. Thank you for giving me that mnemonic device. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take that thing to the grave <laughs> with me. Um, yeah, you got that for life now. I, I really do. I <laughs> really the village do. people in your head. Yeah, um, yeah so definitely for us, we, we do want to have those those big names. You know, Kluge has, has always had a background in music. We talked about that um, last time we spoke about how our – our game development studio grew out of a music magazine. So we've always had these long industry links and, and with, um, you know, with, with our CEO, with the, the music magazine and with our creative director being a DJ himself, like a nightclubbing DJ, um, there's that music pedigree. So we were never going to go away from large artists, but we always do want to make sure that we have relationships with, with labels like Monster Cat, uh, Fix It and, and 99 Lives. And we've got quite a good relationship with, with those three labels. So they provide mechanisms for players of our game to be able to have that that known quantity when it comes to streaming that music and so for example 99 lives you have the rights to be able to monetize that content like that's the the license agreement that they have you can monetize that on youtube um fix it and monster cat you have to have different agreements with those if you if you participate in the monster cat gold system you can monetize your content and fix it have a, a licensing agreement as well that lets you let you monetize if you if you have those arrangements with those Mm-hmm. Um, with those labels but yeah every label is slightly different so not every label even if they are dmca friendly so they're publicly dmca friendly they don't always let you monetize everything and so there's always these two aspects when it comes to content creation one is that yes i can stream it without getting a strike and as Katya was saying you know you get those three strikes and you can lose your account nobody wants to have that happen um, so there's whether you can whether you can actually stream it safely but then whether you can monetize it because content creators not all of them want to do it for nothing Mm-hmm. You know, it's not fair to ask people to to generate this this content and make this this content for nothing. So it's good when games have that balance of both things to have it really clear to say this stuff you can monetize, this stuff you can stream with DMCA. Mm-hmm. And you always get these individual artists as well who are a bit different. So um, Dance with the Dead, for example, who's a, who's an artist that's in our synthwave packs and an artist that that we have a, a great fondness for. Um, they have a public statement saying that you you won't get a DMCA strike from them provided that you don't use their music on channels that promote things like hate speech wow, and, and racism. So the, <laughs> mm-hmm. this stuff can get really, really specific, and it is very difficult to have this blanket 
you can do this or you can't do this when it comes to licensing big names. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, it's just how it is. So for us, having these big names was something we were always going to do, but having that that on the side, having a section that is there that says, yep, you can stream this stuff absolutely freely. This stuff over here is for you to enjoy. Um, if you do stream it to YouTube, you, there will be demonetization that goes with it. And, right. and that's just, just how it works. But having that well-defined is, is something that's important. Yeah. Kat, yeah. Was, was the DMCA free thing an approach that you guys had from the very beginning? Or was that like a decision that you made somewhere along the lines? And how important is content creation uh, to you guys? Well, that was the decision somewhere in the line because we uh, we are gamers and we just started creating our own game at that time. So we actually did not yet um, understood the importance of the DMCA um, kind of situation there in the music. Uh, and so it's just like against the line. Um, during the process of the creation, we were talking with the community a lot and they actually taught us how important it is to have safe content there for them. And this is also how the idea to, of engaging indie musicians started also. Um, so it's, um, it's easier to work with the bigger uh, labels from one side because they have already all, everything packed and everything is already known there. While with the indies, you need to explore all the new things, but they are so helpful and so out there for you. So to um, DMCA free, it was like a really easy aspect while working with the indies. But again, YouTube is a really strange um, channel that still could issue some warnings for the people. Um, so yeah, we developed this, uh, the DMCA situation, during the process of the game creation. But at the same time, we've also known how community is important. And so Leave, for example, was one of the uh, first tools that we implemented. And we started wor working with the modders. For example, one of the uh, very known, really amazing modders from Pinterest Beat Saber community actually joined our team. And so he is providing us in-house tools for streamers. We have right now Twitch chat, which we just got pretty much by the way. Uh, and we also have um, already special cameras there and we're working on more and more tools for the community. So yeah, trying to provide our community with everything they need to have a good time. That's beautiful. And, you know, both of these games, Boombox VR and Synth Riders, are both live integrated, which is just absolutely massive. You know, That's huge. That's huge, huge because, because people need to know what they're playing and what better way to show than to actually show the player right. inside of the game. It just translates so much better than, yeah. than just showing, you know. Yeah, this the, trailer that I assume yeah. was made by Tuge with Nazy for Boombox is uh, a Toge. 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 I cannot believe I said Toge. that. Toge. Um, right? Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, this was made by. I He's this made the by best Toge. person out there. He is. He's incredible. He I, is hands down the best. Yeah. Absolutely. Look up to that guy. He's uh, also very tall. He's also the tallest person out there. He is. Oh. He's a tall dude, and he's a super nice guy. Like mm -hmm. he's he's a good yeah. dude. Um. You know, and frankly, it's like mixed reality footage is like really what put VR on the map. If you think about it, like For real. it was yeah. it was a Beat Saber video that went viral. Mm -hmm. Like, boom, that is when people Featuring really Swan. started. Yeah, yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's when they started 
um, taking off. So, you know, this kind of brings me to, to my next question here. You know, Beat Saber's been like deeply, deeply ingrained into the VR community from the very, very beginning. And I'm curious, do you guys ever, do you feel like you're in direct competition with Beat Saber? Like, what are your thoughts as you develop and push a rhythm game when you have like a Titan like Beat Saber kind of sitting over there in the corner? Uh, maybe Kat, you can start. Well, we internally as a team before and now, and hopefully in the future, we'll actually never consider ourselves uh, being in the competitive industry because we're all here for the entertainment and for having fun. How boring is it to play one game for the rest of your life? Mm -hmm. uh, for example, becoming, <laughs> me being also PC gamer, uh, a Diablo streamer, for example, nice. I always look for also games that are similar to Diablo because I just love doing this. It's it's fun. I, I always go back to Diablo here and there, but there is always such so much fun to explore in other games. While for the VR community, I really hope that um, we can, as a VR community, as, a, as VR developers, we could, you know, get together and actually create content that is fun and uh, sharing and, you know, there is so much we also we need to explore, and uh, VR VR development is quite new. I mean, it's been there for 20 years or so, but it just feels like there was such a um, hike during the COVID. So people will need more content. So we need to create more content, more fun content, and we hopefully also hopefully our community will also kind of stop seeing the game developers as the competitors also just accept that we are making video games that you should enjoy if you don't like the game you will have much more and if you don't like specific games else will like it. so this is why here we are all working together hopefully <laughs> I think that's really true, especially yeah. in the VR community you know like I feel like it's really like the 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 experiencing different titles in VR is like it's like almost crucial, you know, like I think it's so important yeah. to like move through different, different vibes. Cause like when you're embodied in a space like that, like you're literally vibing off of that game and everything feels different. You know, it feels different to play Beat Saber than it does to play Boombox than it does to play Synth Riders. Uh, Whirl, what are your thoughts as we're talking about this? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, we, we have a saying, you know, whenever someone says, oh, you know, Synth Riders is just Beat Saber from Wish or whatever, we say, look, it's not illegal to like more than one game. You can like more than one game. It's fine. Like personally, like I love O-Shape. I play a fair bit of O-Shape and Audio Shield. I always go back to play the original, <laughs> Man, the original VR rhythm the game. And I still play it today. Old school. I love it. Yep. So it's not illegal to like more than one game. Uh, I think we don't sort of see ourselves as competing with, with Beat Saber either because, you know, maybe it, when both games first came out, you could see the similarities in, in areas, but everybody is just so divergent now, you know. Um, I think anyone who just makes that, that simple comparison that just says, oh, it's a clone, of, a clone of this, a clone of that, mm -hmm. These hasn't games really are... looked at the game in the last three years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> these things are also We've added things like, like spin mode and spiral mode, you know. We, we, we make these really interesting decisions. when. Like we have the similarity in terms of the music pack approach to 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 ongoing on, ongoing development. We're doing ongoing development with those as well. But um, yeah, we, we're developing other things as well that really pushing our game in different directions and in, in every direction at once. Sometimes it feels like. Um, but yeah, the, the the comparison I think is no longer holding water. I don't think you can do that. And 
what I'm really hoping is that actually all of our communities can can feel more comfortable not having to nail their colours to one game or another. Like I think that's what winds yeah. up perpetuating um, that that feeling of competition between studios. And Katya, you were saying like about how how you want to make sure a community understands that your developers are not competing with each other. Your developers actually want to work with each other and they want to to create engaging experiences that everyone can enjoy yeah. and have that opportunity to, to do, you know, to explore what does Smash Drums look like with, um, with, with another game, like with a completely different game? What does Smash Drums look like with O-Shape? What would it look like if those two did a crossover? Um, and developers want to have that freedom to be able to, to work together and part of that means that our communities need to understand that we don't need you to defend us. We don't need you to say, you know, go to go charging in and saying, no, Synth Riders is better than this. <laughs> we don't actually need mm-hmm. that. What we do want is that our communities to embrace each other and to say, hey, if you like this game, you might like this game. Or if you're coming from this game, this is how you translate your skills to the other game. Dude, well, these is, are the differences. Is I think that's really VR, Is Boombox VR Smash Drums meets Beat Saber? It kind of is, you know. I was playing it, and I was kind of thinking that. I'm like, this is this is like this is kind of like the um, you know, the anime, you yeah. know, Beat Saber version. Think that's of a fair. Drums. Do you the, think that's a fair yeah. assessment, Cat? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. We've been called all different ways. We've been called Synth Riders and Beat Saber and um, Ragnarok having a baby. Oh yeah. And then oh. the boombox here now, then Smash and Drums. We've been actually looking at uh, those guys' progression since they also uh, came out, and it was really awesome to see their direction and that we went kind of different directions as well. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We're just babies of all the babies. Well, what's important is the Beat Saber's grandfather. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Audio Shield's the grandfather of all of that. Like, yeah, this you know, is true. Mustn't oh, forget. It was really funny when Audio Shield launched yeah. itself on right. Quest. People were saying, oh, Audio Shield's a clone of Beat Saber. And I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's <laughs> a weird that one. Work? That's a weird one. How does one. that work that you're yeah. your own your own grandchild? It's crazy. Yeah. Time Machine involved somewhere there. I, I really used to love that all... game. I, I really did. And, and the fact that you could, yeah. like, plug in any URL for any YouTube music song and it would just automatically uh, create a level and generate it right then and there was, was so cool. It was so cool, and the haptics is one of one of those games that the, that really nailed rhythm game haptics as well. It was great, but yeah, yeah I mean, there's, a, a nothing, rising... there's nothing like plugging a, a 20 minute prog rock song that you know that you're never ever going to see in any other game. Right. Audio Shield, right. have yeah. it off you go. By there's something the way, something special about that. Cat, you but, mentioned um, uh, earlier. We're all children of Bemani too. That's the thing we mm. we often forget. You know, the VR rhythm game would be nothing without. The, the the tradition of Bimani games coming before it. Like, True. like just think yep. about DDR and and all of those conga rhythm games, those arcades filled with 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 Bimani. You know, we're all children yep. of that. And it's really important to think that Beat Saber was not the first. Right. And it won't be the last. And not, you know, it's about exploring different ideas and that that yeah, it's we all have heritage that goes back to flat flat games before. Well, a rising, yeah. a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. So Before Correct. I get too far away from yeah. it, I need to clear something up. Kat, earlier when you were mentioning, mentioning Boombox VR on PSVR, did you say that PSVR players will be able to participate in custom maps on that? Well, yes. Uh, already quest... Um, Oh, okay, I want to start this in that we are not yet on PSR. We've been accepted uh, as their developers, but we have not yet completed all of the um, legal procedures there. 
Uh, at the same time, we were able to deliver all the custom maps to Quest cool. without having, so you don't have to have any. Uh, and we are also on HE, for example, it also works really well. While well, we're also getting on Pico very soon. Um, so okay. yeah, I don't see why we would be able to accommodate that. that the, uh, I think PSVR Beat Saber players will players jump ship well. just for that. Yeah. yeah on PSVR. It's a big deal. Yeah, because they deal. have no custom songs on PSVR, and right. there's so many Beat Saber right. players that wish they could and can't. You yep. know? I bet you people would jump yeah. ship just for that. And that and that's for your for your music library too, which is, you know, to be able to have that extensive music library of those included songs, like that's the library that you're talking about bringing over. Um, it's, a, it's a really good thing. And to be able to have, you know, multiple maps for, for those to, to let people who, um, so PSVR players would be able to create maps for songs that they have access to in that DMCA library and then be able to share them onto PSVR and to their friends. That's a really good, it's a really and, good feature. Oh, and, you know, say kudos for being able to do that. Yeah. And our editor is uh, it's, uh, created for the PC. So um, pretty mm. much anyone can create any level and then just ship it to all the headsets. That's great. Especially... Can I wait to get to PSVR? Come on, let's go. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> no, it's going to be so good. The PSVR 2. Yeah. Stoked. You know, music, then you guys kind of mentioned this earlier, but like music, it really is like at the heart of all of this, you know? And I think it's people's love for music that makes these games so easy to connect with. I personally don't believe anyone if they say that they hate music. I don't. Mm, it's like, yeah. I don't. Like, I think music and like rhythm and vibration is like a part of being human for a lot of us. And I think we all have a musician deep down within us we j that just hasn't been tapped yet. You know, like, I really believe that. And you can fight me on it if you want. Um, but <laughs> what, where I'm going with this is there are people out there who probably say, I don't like rhythm games. And I would challenge them to maybe find uh, the right game and understand that connecting with timing and rhythm and music is good for like everyone. So what I want to know is, do you guys have any advice for people who might just come out and just like immediately say, Nope, I don't like, I don't like rhythm games and I'm just not going to play this. I would say that's fine. Um, there's heaps, you know, what, what an amazing time we live in to be in VR where you can have a million other different experiences, not rhythm games in VR. Um, go and find something that you do enjoy. You know, no one wants to, no one wants to force anybody to to do something that they don't like. Um, but it's one of those things that I suspect that people may just need to try several different rhythm games, and also not be frightened to to start a rhythm game on a, a lower difficulty level. Like that can be one of the real problems when people try and move between rhythm games, and they say, "Oh, well, I'm an expert plus player in Beat Saber, therefore I should instantly start at." the top level in every other game that right. they go into before they've had time to familiarize themselves with mechanics. There's a certain amount of transfer, but you do need to have time to acclimatize yourself to the, the mechanics and the way that each development team has implemented those the, around the rules and, and mechanics of each game. There's, but yeah, there's a part of no big me, deal. <laughs> well, but there's a part of me that's like, it's like the parent that's like trying to give the kid like a spoonful of like pudding or something. And the kid's like, no, no, I don't like it. And they're like, yes, like try, just try it, you know? Like, just try just it. Just try it. This is, this <laughs> like, is very you true. Might just like try it. it mm -hmm. You know? And like, I want to just like stuff that spoon into people's faces so they can try and be like, okay, wait a second. Okay, no, maybe you're right. Um, <laughs> Kat, Kat, what do you think? 
Well, I'm thinking that there are so many different types of rhythm games that probably important part of the question would be why they don't like it, just to understand what happened to them. Well, they were trying, <laughs> maybe somebody stepped on their foot while they were in the VR game, and so they have drama. drama. <laughs> or maybe something else. Maybe they tried the game they, they wouldn't like. For example, they don't like uh, you know, drumming. So they tried Boombox for the first time, and they're like, oh, no, rhythm games, it's not something I would like. But then... Look at, for example, Pistol Whip there, you're shooting. Who doesn't like shooting? So, and there are also more music-enhanced games versus rhythm games that we tend to call them all rhythm games, but they're not really. Um, so maybe they don't like dancing um, or moving at the rhythm, but they still would like to perform some action with the music, with some awesome music. And rhythm games have different types of musics out there. So maybe they don't like techno, then... Uh, they could go to something and just to check some other stuff or environment. Maybe they don't like lightning in their faces mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, I don't like rhythm games. So maybe also understanding why and trying different types. That would be really helpful for them, for the people. I people cannot right. not like rhythm games. It's music. It's life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it is. But you can't force someone to like something that they, that they don't like. No, you, know? you can't. And there are games like uh, Thumper. Things like Thumper yeah, and no, other games like that, game. which don't necessarily require you to do physical, because it could just be that they don't like to be in VR doing rhythm games. And there may be, like I said, they're, they're, you know, Bamani, there's so many Bamani out there. They may like one of the games with the conga drums that you smack with your hands. You know, they may find something that they like. They might like Guitar Hero. It may be a case of finding um, a peripheral or a, 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 even a flat screen um, game that will give them what they want, spin rhythm, something like that. There, there are so many rhythm games, both in VR and outside of VR. It's very hard to, to think of the, someone not finding something that they might that they might like. But mm -hmm. you know, if they don't like it, it's okay. It's okay too. You know, well, they, there's lots of different options. That's really and you were nice. talking about like music enhanced games, like like I say, I think of Thumper, but I also think of something like Res. So Res for me mm, is a fantastic game, and it has a rhythm component to it, but it's not necessarily the dominant thing it's um it's it's there and it enhances the whole experience and those things like frequency amplitude those those sorts of older games which which fit into the rhythm game genre because of the music enhancement um but they may find that they enjoy those experiences more than uh, than a than a beat saber or a no shape or a synth riders they may enjoy those things more mm -hmm. yeah it might be the gateway the gateway they need <laughs> what are you thinking skiva how you doing? I'm thinking I love rhythm games, and um, I love both of these games. So, yeah, it's a win-win for me. <laughs> <laughs> so so what's the future of the genre look like? You know, like right now, there's a handful of different kinds of experiences. You know, you can shoot stuff in audio trip and, and pistol whip, and, you know, you can uh, hit stuff with the sticks and beat saber and boombox, and you can put your hands and glide around in synth riders, but, you know, like... That's kind of uh, that's kind of defined by our hardware, you know. It's defined by the technology that we're using. Where do you see the world of rhythm games going in the future? Do you have any kind of like fun predictions or cool things that you'd like to see develop in the genres as we move uh, forward, Whirl? Um, I I do think peripherals. I think peripherals is like you were talking about hardware limitations, and I think the next the next thing that we'll see what happens. So I'm thinking crazy peripherals. And then I'm also thinking body tracking. As soon as the Quest gets proper body tracking, and don't think that it won't, it will. Yeah. Um, once we have have a more control over over hands free and, and body tracking, I think things are going to get interesting. 
very interesting very soon. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we've, we've sort of seen it in PCVR. And if you have a look at where PCVR is at with body tracking, the way that people are modifying games to, to deliver what is effectively dance rush stardom, um, you know, the dance rush stardom is, a, is an arcade experience where you are shuffling to the, to the rhythm. The modifying rhythm games, the modding scene in Beat Saber has, has done that. Feet Saber is that, is yeah. that mod, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, so once, the, once we get more formal, formal lower body tracking, things will start to, to go an, another level because you're taking those experiences we've had with things like Just Dance, like the Connect versions of Just Dance, and then you're marrying it with an immersive experience for the player. That starts to get really, really interesting. And to see what people do once they can track not only your body in that sort of 2D plane with the with the depth camera, but in a much more enhanced way in, in 3D, I think that'll get really interesting. And then crazy peripherals. So think about what could happen if you have um, the peripherals to change the way that, that things work. You know, what kind of props could you have? What could be some crazy hardware that could that could go with it? Um, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really interested to see because you think about, again, we go look at flat rhythm games those props like the guitar hero guitars rock band the drums you know the congas the the different control mechanisms that you have well we've had virtualized versions of those in vr but there's something special about tactile sensation and so crazy hardware like you think we've got uh, unplugged which is like the finger tracking Mm -hmm. guitar hero equivalent Mm -hmm. but it's still not the same doing this as feeling the feel of the, the strum bar and the the, the tactile sensation. So, True, I'm, I'm, but, I'm, but as I, I've said about this game before, this game is supposed to be air guitar. And if you did feel something, yeah. it wouldn't be air guitar anymore. It would just be guitar. It so. wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> but just do think about Guitar Hero, you know? Like oh, yeah. I'm thinking, I love guitar there's, 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 yeah. there's yeah. potential here. Yeah. So there's tactile. Um, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, by the way, Unplugged is one of the very first games to get uh, a native integration with the B Haptics Tact Glove which was just announced at CES. Yeah, it yeah. It feels so good it with does. the tack glove. It does. You feel the string. Yeah. You feel the strum. You yeah. feel when you're pushing on your fingertips. And it is mm-hmm. definitely my favorite demo with the gloves right now. It's yep. really cool. Mm, yeah, for sure. totally. Yeah. What do you think, Kat? What's, what's in the future for rhythm games? Well, of course full body tracking is a really important aspect. And you can definitely clearly see how people are craving for these jumps. And... Uh, in specific ways and kicking with their legs. So I feel like majority of the rhythm games will be adopting also to the full body tracking. So maybe in a couple of years, Boombox and Synth Rider will not be Boombox and Synth Rider anymore. Something, something a little bit different. But let's also not forget about the metaverse and all the hype around it. So hopefully one day we'll be able to get to some metaverse rhythm space where you can actually try all the rhythm games in that metaverse and i really hope this will happen um so you know just being there and playing all the rhythm games um that will be fantastic because we have so many different types of rhythm games but um for example myself i have at least six installed and i would love to try more but then the space is limited so i mm-hmm. feel like many people are having the same issue you cannot try them all right away right. so having something shared space that would be fantastic totally so what's yeah. like what's in the pipeline now like what's kind of uh, like the next thing that you guys are planning on doing with uh, boombox we have <laughs> we have at least two awesome uh, features coming out uh, we really hope to release them this month. The first of all, we are going to be introducing uh, WTP software for the semi-automatic tournament organization. 
And the boombox room that you can see uh, with the drums, drum room, I mean, it's going to be the tournament room. So you can also organize your own tournament. Nobody needs to be there. So we're going to be really rocking this. I'm pretty sure it's so fun. And the other one, we're actually updating our lobby and our UI to make it easier, more clear, um, and just more organized because now we had this good chance to learn from the community. And so we want to in, um, help them to also understand and navigate through the game. So that those two awesome things. And we are uh, onboarding the new DJ tomorrow. So stay tuned for that. Sweet. Well, it sounds like it's a good time to get involved with some Boombox VR. There's a link in the description below. Everyone, please click on that and go uh, check this game out because uh, some fun updates are in the pipeline and mm -hmm. you can get in before they come. So that way it's uh, fun and exciting when they land. Boom. Yeah. What about Synth Riders? What, uh, mm -hmm. what can we look forward to? Well, Stuff I can't talk about. Well, of course. <laughs> That's always the hard thing. But I you can always ask. guarantee that we're working on working on, on our music packs. Um, and yeah, so stay tuned. Stay Epic tuned. Music some, packs some very... flying out hot, everybody. It's gonna blow your mind. The music <laughs> pack that's being worked on right now. She can't say anything, but it's gonna. I can't be great. say anything. Yeah. No, um, always we, we're always working on on bits and pieces behind the scenes. So. Um, but yeah, so much of it I just can't talk about right now because totally we're at that that, that, uh, that tricky point. But um, you know, definitely you'll, you'll definitely see more from us in the in the social side of things too. Um, nice. Did you did you play the arcade cabinet? I haven't played the arcade cabinet. No, yeah, I haven't you either. Really should. Oh, you really should play the arcade cabinet. Okay, I'm going to do cabinet. that. I will say, Was Synth Riders continues to surprise me, like with these like yeah. immersive environments and like new approaches to to doing things. It's obvious that it's a passionate team who really cares about the product that they're putting out. So, yep. thank you uh, and thank your team for us on behalf of the VR community for doing such great things. Okay. Yeah. So I guess at this point we should prepare for a segment change. Yes. Um, but world, it's been amazing having you on again. And, and Kat, it was great to meet you and have you on the show. Uh, best of luck to both of your teams. And thanks for being a part of uh, Between Realities today. It's been delightful. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for having us. Of course. <laughs> please, so. everyone, say goodbye <laughs> to the ladies. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, hang tight while mm -hmm. we change our scenes over and get our next set of guests on. This is a good opportunity for you to like and subscribe. Boom. It is. Do it. And we will see you in a few minutes. See you in just a second, everybody. We'll be right back. are back everybody thank you for your patience while we have uh, shifted into our next segment all about vr fitness that's right everybody is the vr fitness segment of the special virtual athletics league vr winter games uh special <laughs> <laughs> and joining us is kelly from fit xr she is the director of fitness at fit xr kelly thanks for joining us Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We also have Eric from Verzoom, a.k.a. VZ Fit, and he's the co-founder and CEO of Verzoom. So thanks, Eric, for being here with us. My pleasure, guys. Uh, VR and fitness. It's like, I feel like fitness is like 
the thing that all the companies are kind of trying to get behind to drive as like the primary use of virtual reality. Kelly, would you say that uh, that fitness is like the number one thing that is uh, pushing VR sales right now? It's pretty hot right now. I have to be honest. It's, um, you know, I, I think that when they were first creating it, virtual reality wasn't really thinking of fitness, but honestly, since COVID, fitness, especially at home, has taken off so much. Peloton really kicked that off and you see that trend and everything. So I think that now the headset, it's a natural adaptation. So it, I think it makes sense and I think it's going to continue. And I think what's really unique is that we're, we're able to use it in ways and to tailor the workouts to people that typically probably would not be doing fitness. So I think in that regard, people are noticing that this taps the fitness market, which is already huge, into a whole nother market of people that are now have access to this. So it, it's pretty incredible. But yeah, I I think it's fair to say that uh, fitness is quite the trend in VR right. at the moment. I feel like you're one of those people, Skiva. It's like you are just like, you're like VR is like the reason for you to be able to get So I have a hard time getting myself to go to the gym. To me, I don't like the environment. I don't like a lot of the, yeah. the egos there. It's just not my thing. But if I'm going to work out, which I've been trying to do, um, it's going to be in VR. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. It's the only way it's happening. Uh, so, so yeah. Eric, were you involved mm -hmm. in the VR space before uh, VC Fit came along? And, and what's, what, what's your take on uh, fitness in, in, the, in the market of VR right now? Well, you know, we got to start, uh, you know, my co-founder and I got together and started testing this idea uh, of uh, exercise in virtual reality back in 2014. And it didn't take us long to figure out that this, the immersive quality of VR was so powerful for uh, motivating fitness for, for activity uh, beyond what you could do with a flat screen. We launched the, you know, the company just a few months later in the early part of 2015. And we launched our, our you know, had our first shipping products in 2016. Tell us uh, and the feedback that we got from our customers is just, they're just blown away. You can just see how, uh, you know, how it, how effective it was at getting people who kind of reluctantly tried out. I don't know if I'm going to want to work out with a headset on. I'm going to sweat in the headset. And they put it on. They tried and they forget all about that in two seconds and they're just off and running. Tell us a little bit about uh, VZ Fit because I have not had an opportunity to, uh, to check this out. Well, we have two applications. One is uh, VZ Fit and uh, it uses... Um, Google Street View images to allow you to ride anywhere in the world mapped by Google. Uh, they've mapped 10 million miles of roads all over the world. And you can go and uh, put on the headset, uh, pick one of our uh, 60 curated rides. Our customers have created about um, 3,000 rides on their own and contributed to them. Uh, think of it as kind of crowdsourcing. And they can discover just great places to go. You can go to Ireland. You can ride across uh, South America or Japan or Russia. And um, it's just uh, the, the, you know, the drive is exploration right, primarily. And you're getting this great workout while you're exploring the world. It looks beautiful. Yeah, the other application is called uh, VZ Play. And these are games uh, that are entirely created in Unity. So the world's... Uh, 
are, you know, are, are a range of things. The most obvious thing would be cycling. So you're cycling into uh, the so a ocean road uh, in, in um, California, uh, Tour de France, an uh, application called the Tour. Uh, so, you, you know, you're, you're pedaling a bike and you're riding your bike in VR. Pretty easy thing to grasp. But beyond that, again, you're, we, we let you move all kinds of different uh, vehicles and different activities. So we have tank battles, flying a Pegasus through the air, racing Formula One cars. Because in VR, you're not restricted to the real world. You right. can make up the world and make up activities. So I actually was able to try this. Um, and I got to use the, uh, you know, there's, for people who might not know, there's a piece that you can put on an exercise bike, right? And it actually tracks how fast you're going. and Just like a regular and, exercise bike? Yeah. Yeah. You can put this thing on any exercise bicycle, right? And then, Correct. yeah. And it's so cool. So, so I did a thing where I was kind of riding uh, on, on the road. And then I also did another thing where I was riding and it was like making a horse run. And like, it was really, really cool. And it was a super good way to get some exercise in. Uh, I got to try this at an expo at a convention because I don't have the hardware and I don't have an exercise bike here, but um, it makes me like VZ, VZ Fit makes me want to get one. It nice. really does because it is a really, really cool way to work out. So is that like a piece of hardware that you guys have that like, I don't know, that you like purchase or, you know, in addition to well, the game or something? Well, there's two ways you can use it. You can actually use Without a bike. So most of our customers are, are standing mode. They're using the hand controllers and the headset alone. And their body movements, either with a trainer, giving them guidance on what to do, moves them through the world. Or you can also use it with a bike. And all you have to do is dust off that bike in the basement that you haven't been using for the last 10 years and uh, put a uh, $35 cadence sensor on it that you bought off Amazon. And then you're good, you're good to go. Is that like a Bluetooth connection then? Like it connects to the yep. headset or something? Correct. That's awesome. Yeah. So the, yeah, the headset automatically detects it when you start pedaling. And again, the faster you pedal, the bike in the real world, the faster you move in the, in the virtual world. That... And you, you still have to do the steers lean. So it was a very simple mechanism translates into this really natural feeling activity in virtual reality. Well, congratulations. It looks pretty awesome. And I love the idea of being able to buy a peripheral off of Amazon. And yep. connecting it and having it work. Yep. That's sweet. So v, uh, Fit, uh, Fit XR has – tell us about the current state of Fit XR because this is a game that has undergone quite a few radical changes over the years. Yeah, absolutely. So what you may be referring to is Box, uh, box VR. Yes. So we've pretty much expanded what we have. And what we want it to be is you come to Fit XR and you have options. And – it's not a one fit fits all. And we realize that with fitness, that it's not just a, a one style approach. So we have three different studios at the moment. We have box, we have dance, and then we have hit training. We are adding to those. Um, so heads up. But uh, yeah, so currently our box classes feel kind of like that Beat Saber, uh, Guitar Hero vibes. You have the cues coming at you. It's really interactive. Our hit studio. This is more based on reaction times. You're hitting things, getting tracked on how many targets you can hit within a certain amount of time, um, while also doing traditional fitness movements, which is really great, and moving in all different planes of motion. And then with dance, this is kind of like your DDR dreams coming true. You have an avatar with you. You're going through each of the moves. You're growing on it, uh, building on it, and learning the choreography, and it's, it's just a good amount of fun. So this is 
pretty much where we're at right now. And like I said, we're expanding it and that's kind of where we continue to go. So how real are these workouts, right? Like can someone actually turn their life around by playing these VR games? And, and do you think that these can be a replacement for traditional workout routines? Absolutely. Honestly, like it just, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kelly. So I come from a fitness background and I'm used to being in the gym and I'm used to working with those, um, with that clientele. And I think that this can be a tool for anyone. So this, this can be supplemental for you. If you, if you do enjoy going to the gym, you like going to an in-person class, that's great. You can also have the amazing ability to go turn on your headset on a day and just get your workout at home and have this immersive experience. But then if you haven't worked out before, or you kind of, you have worked out before, nothing's really hitting it and VR is really getting you excited to work out, then this totally works for you. So it, it's absolutely a real sweat. It's a real workout. And um, where I want to go with it is to make it even more fitness based. So that way you have the same, um, same, the same impact that you would with going to the gym. And, and it's not that it doesn't now, but like even turning that up more. So it's, it's, um, it almost, what I, what my vision is, is for this to really translate into real fitness spaces as well. So that way my whole thing personally is like creating less boundaries for fitness and fitness can feel hard for people and it can feel really, yeah. um, just like, like it's not for you, but fitness is for everyone. And I, what I want the games to feel like is, Oh, I saw that lateral lunge in FitXR and now I'm doing it in my class. Or I feel confident going to the gym because I did something just like this in FitXR. So like I want, um, or, or like you feel confident going to a boxing class and, and that no longer feels intimidating. So, um, yeah, I, to summarize that it's real classes, real application. And I think that it's only going to get, as we have the technology change, it's going to get more and more real and transferable. And that's from both directions. Nice. What are your thoughts, Eric? Well, look, you know, it, working out in virtual reality is not that much different in a lot of ways from working out in the real world. It's obviously more convenient. Uh, you can do it and slip on a headset and you're at home and have to change your clothes and drive to the gym. And, you know, there's, uh, there's all that prep and transition uh, time that, that you do away with. And that convenience contributes to one of the uh, one of the reasons people people like it. But at the end of the day, if it's not enjoyable, if you don't get something out of it, you're not going to keep doing it, mm -hmm. right? And that's what it's really all about. It's not, there's so many fads, you know, in the fitness industry that come and go and people try this and they try that. You know, the joke is, um, John uh, drank fit tea for three weeks and all he lost was $500, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, there's, so there's, you know, so there's, the, the reality is that this industry has been full of that kind of thing. And but VR fitness is a very different animal. It's, it's really, a, a, you know, a new, like an entirely new way of getting exercise. And of course it's not going to be for everybody, but for the people that it's for, it genuinely produces not just short-term results, but long-term results. We have customers that have been using our product consistently for years on end, and they don't get tired of it. They look forward to doing it. They don't 
think of it as, oh, I, I should, you know, get on VZ Fit. They're like, oh, I, I, okay, I get to be on VZ Fit now for an hour. And some of these people, will, you know, we have these challenges where you're competing and you go hundreds of miles, and some of these um, some of our customers will complete this in a few days, and they're in their 60s and 70s, and they're riding for, like, they're retired, so they have the time. So they're riding three, four, five hours a day. Wow. Um, and they get, and, and, you know, we get reports of people who started off not, they hadn't worked out for a long time. They were in terrible shape. Uh, they found this thing that called the easy fit that they thought was really fun and, and, and um, you know, they let them uh, explore the world uh, or play, play these games. And they just gradually, without pushing themselves to do it, found themselves losing weight and feeling better. And that also feeds back into the desire to continue doing it because not only is it fun, but it's actually producing results. Mm-hmm. So we just got a $5 super chat from our friend Laszlo216. Nice. Hey, thank you, Laszlo. Thank you for uh, the super chat. And he's asking, uh, are these programs subscription-based? And that was actually one of the kind of the, the topics that I wanted to have a chance to get to. Um, you know, I don't know about uh, VZ Fit, so I guess we'll find out in a second. But I do know that FitXR um, used to be bo- box fix. I mean, do you want to tell the story, <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, we were, we used to be that you would just pay and you would get X amount of classes and that was our model. So you would purchase a certain amount of classes. And then as of last year, we went into a subscription model, but this is really an amazing thing because we've been able to deliver constant updates and new content for our customers. So we went to just having our set amount of classes to now producing a brand new class every day of the week. And actually just recently in March, uh, we just launched collections. So this is a way of making it easier for people to find content. In another month, we're releasing more of some cooldowns. Don't tell anybody, but <laughs> like I said, it, it's really just based on um, giving more content with that subscription. So we do have two different paths for us. So we have monthly, which is um, $9.99, and then we have a year, which is $84.99. Or sorry, $83.99. There we go. $3.99. Um, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like whatever path you want to go. And um, yeah, we, we found that it's it's really been successful for us. That's great. You know, um, so what was, uh, things are pretty good then because I feel like you guys kind of had to like, I don't know, I don't know what how do I say <laughs> it's like fight for yourselves or something. Like you kind of came under some heavy fire when you, when you switched over, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Alex, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, we, we did. And I think that, um, our CEO, Sam, has done a really great job talking to the community and owning the fact that the way that we moved to a subscription model, it wasn't the right way. And we took that learning. And now we are so focused on listening to our customers and so focused on making sure that any changes that we make, this is something that's broadcast. We, we want transparency. And um, we've actually really been seeing that a lot of people have like have undone their negative reviews for us, which has been wonderful. And we have, we've given a nod to the legacy users that we have that were part of, uh, part of FitXR before it was subscription-based. And 
we're making sure that they have a wonderful experience and that they're not forced into the subscription base. So making these changes has really been a huge game changer for us, no pun intended. Right. Um, but I, I think that we have a much better relationship with our legacy users and continue to have a great relationship with our subscribers. So yeah, the, there was some hot drama, but we, yeah. I, I think we have shaken hands and we're moving forward. I think so too. And I think people are getting more comfortable with the idea of having a subscription model for games like this, especially as they've started to see what studios can do when that's the case. Like you said, daily updates and, and things like that. Um, so that's really good to hear. And I'm glad that you've managed to bounce back and not let something like that kind of stop you in the tracks and you just plowed through it and kept going. So kudos to, to you and the team for uh, for making that happen. Um, what about um, what about VZ Fit? You know, what's the the payment situation like over there? Well, no, VZ Fit is a streaming service, right? It's not in many ways. It's not unlike something like Peloton, where you're paying for a continuous online service. Uh, you know, we're streaming um, you know, Google Street View data to you. Obviously, there's a cost associated with that. And there's a value in the, uh, to, to our customers, ongoing value, which is access to, as I said before, 10 million miles of roads. So, uh, you know, it really lends itself to a subscription model. So it's always been subscription based. And uh, we try to keep it simple. It's $9.99 a month or $99.95 a year. That's it. Boom. There it is. And like I just said, I feel like if, if you're bringing something to the table every day, people are getting more and more comfortable with these kinds of things, especially because a, a VR thing like this or a fitness experience like this isn't like a VR game. Like this is kind of like a lifestyle choice. You know, mm -hmm. if you're like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to start working out every day. Sure. And when you do that, the, the value as, as you said, Eric is there. So that's good to hear. And I don't hate the subscription thing. What do you think? I don't either. So, I mean, I was kind of one of the mad people when, when FitXR switched over because I had purchased, I had purchased it on, on Quest steam and rift and then it wasn't long after that that it was that it turned to subscription i was kind of bummed but going forward with other services with all with you look at all of these different subscription uh, fitness services and how they're able to continuously improve and get better and offer new things that wouldn't have been possible before right. um i do i i am kind of i am now a believer in that i do agree it wasn't handled the best maybe by FedExR, but at the same time, uh, you know, I think we're coming through. We, we own it. We own it. <laughs> but, but either way, it's a really, it's some really cool software right now. Like I said, working out in VR for me is the only way I'm going to work out. Otherwise, I'm just going to get, I'm going to be a fat gamer. So that's what it is. <laughs> Robin's reality, generously donating a six ninety nine super chat. You couldn't have made it seven. <laughs> Thank you, Robin. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you. And she's got a question too. Um, and I think this one is really for Kelly. It says, I was told that VR fitness without proper, oh, without proper weights can be problematic. And have you found that this is the case? And are there safe ways to add them to sessions? Yeah. Um, so there's definitely some pieces there. One I would say is that it depends on the exercise, but just like with shadow boxing in like non-VR world in in real life, um, <laughs> you can actually hyperextend. You can get some injuries from that. So very similarly, um, 
it can happen in VR. With boxing specifically, we actually just started adding voiceover into our classes to help you coach you through form and how to keep it safe. Same thing with our, we have a VO in our voiceover, um, in our hit classes and dance classes as well to make sure that our coaches are telling you how to be safe with it. Um, with adding the weights, I would say that you can add, at FedExR we have wrist weights and it's, with any weight training, it's meeting yourself where you're at. So it's, if it feels like it's too much and it might be for a 20 minute class, that might feel different than using weights for a five minute class. So it's kind of just feeling out how your body feels. And if you notice that after a workout that you're feeling something that doesn't quite feel right, muscle, muscular soreness and muscular pain definitely feel different. So just listening to your body and seeing if you wanna increase weight, um, and or if you want to take away weight, then those are all important things. Another thing to be weary of is also your space and around you. Um, I think that that's kind of where unsafety can happen. Um, Eric, I know that you guys are typically more stationary, but for us, we're kind of moving left, right, up, down, all over. So I would be lying to you if I said that I have never hit that air conditioner behind me. <laughs> um, so <laughs> making sure that you have enough space is also important, especially with weight training too. Um, yeah, I, I hope that that answers your question. Yeah. I think uh, if I missed it, Kiwi just recently came out with some weights that you can clip onto the front of your Quest controllers. Yeah, they like now, go on the ring. Yeah, they do, and they look really cool, and they add uh, some of that benefit to be able to work out with some extra weight on your controllers. I was yeah. actually thinking about picking those up because... Well, I've got a yeah. set, so you can try them. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Eric, Sweet. what do you have to add to this? Well, I was just going to say, when we were designing our standing mode um, version of Easy Fit, a lot of thought went into that, into the question of safety, making sure that uh, you're staying in, in the stay, safe area. And, you know, and you're also doing lunges and, and other kinds of um, arm movements. And, you know, one of the ways that we address the problem is by, you know, you're, you have to stand at a particular place to, in order to continue moving forward. So there's all those cues that remind you, oh, I'm getting too far away out of the safe area so so far we haven't had uh, any incidents but uh you know as kelly said when you're seated on a bike obviously that's that's you don't have that problem because you're sitting seated uh you have your hands in the handlebars and you're pedaling through the world um but the other part of that is you your body may be restricted to this pedaling and leaning but your avatar is moving with six degrees of freedom you're flying uh if, you know with free motion through the world so it's a great um you know, mechanism for there's a huge range of different kinds of activities. Beautiful. So, you know, we're, we're in the headsets, we're sweating and we're probably trashing this equipment out. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I have a quest one that I use primarily for my workouts for that reason, because I feel like I'm just like soaking this thing basically every time I use it. Um, I'm sure there are folks out there who worry about the hygienic aspects of this, who don't have a Quest 1 and a Quest 2 sitting around to be able to just soak one in sweat every week and leave the other one for my gaming. Some people only have the one headset, and they certainly don't want to trash it out. So what are some of your uh, your best like hygienic practices? Uh, Eric, we'll start with you when it comes to uh, the equipment, and you know what can uh, you say to folks who are maybe concerned about some of that? Well, you know, if it's yours and you're at home, it's obviously not as much of a, of a problem as if you're sharing it with other people. Uh, you know, thinking back at maybe that trade shows that you tried it at, you know, back back before the pandemic, you know, we would go to E3 and all these other other shows, and people would line up and they'd put on this headset and they'd pedal away for a while. 
uh, and then we'd wipe it off and hand it to the next person. Nobody thought anything of it. Uh, now, of course, that would be a little more, a little more challenging. Uh, we also used to sell to commercial gyms. We had a partnership with Life Fitness and sold into you know YMCA and uh, all, all kinds of um, health clubs all over the world. And in that case, you know, everyone, people were just walking to the gym and sharing a headset. And you know, we had a, a stand that was actually built into it with wipes, like they said, wipe it down with a sanitary napkin. But generally speaking, for the version you use at home, the Quest Two comes with a with a liner with a um, and that seems to work quite well for everyone. That's right. It does come with a liner now, doesn't it? I remember they, yeah. they sent me one later yeah. on. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's because, because the foam was trash in everybody's face. Yeah, <laughs> because they would sweat in it. It would degrade the foam. It would no. then, and then it would like it's mess with people's, people's faces. It's because people were breaking and it, out in rashes yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But no, it's good that, yeah. they, that they're able to, to, uh, to kind of rectify that, right? That actually Meta is actually sending this stuff out now because this is a big deal. And they know... That that fitness is a huge part of their business, right? You know, they so, push it like it's like right. their primary advertising platform right. for it. And I mean, I forget, frankly, that everyone doesn't replace the facial interface the second they get their quest. I know. Like, I immediately go VR cover. That's the first thing that I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah. So, what yeah. are are you using the the stock facial interface over there on the quest, Kelly? Um, I am not actually. That <laughs> I know you just said that everyone that's the first thing that they do, but no, that's not what I do. <laughs> so I'd have to pass this one off to Eric. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the difference is one, as you say, that comes with it is, is absorbent, right? So if you're sweating, it absorbs sweat. And depending on who it is, it's a good thing or a bad thing. If you're out in the sun playing softball, you got a cap on, it's absorbing the sweat. That actually comes in pretty handy. Uh, and that's also true of a, uh, of a VR headset if you're the kind of person who tends to, to sweat a lot. And you can always just pull it off and rinse it off or throw it in the washer. Um, so that's really not a big deal. But other people find it more comfortable to use a non-absorbent um, a silicon liner that, that, that comes as an option with the, with the uh, Quest 2. And that's obviously doesn't absorb sweat. You just wipe it off. Yeah, well, it's hard to do, though, when you're in the middle of a workout and then a mm-hmm. bead of salt blasts your eyeball and it makes <laughs> it into fire, you know, which happens to me all the time with my uh, with my VR cover. <laughs> yeah. Because it's yeah. not absorbent either, so it's right. like sliding in, then it hits the eye, and you're like... Yeah. <gasps> you know, whenever you're going to put anything on your face or your forehead, this is definitely... Uh, an issue. What I tend to do when I'm working out in VR is even though I'm using a VR cover, which is not absorbent, I will often put on a headband, like an old school yeah. absorbent sure. headband, yeah. right? And it kind of catches it from going down into your, from your headset VR into your eyes. Jasmine's been telling me to do that too. Mm. I guess that's what it she works does well. as well. It works well. So there's a little sure. trick for you guys. Sure. I won't even charge you for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would actually, from um, another problem that I feel like with the headset is the fogging up. Totally. That tend, that's usually an issue for me. And a trick that we've been talking about internally is using dish soap, like just a little bit of dish soap and cleaning the lens with it. And that, that seems to keep it at oh. bay for a bit. Interesting. I never um, heard that. You know, it works I, really I well. I have not personally tried this, but this is, huh. this is the rumor mill from that's going on in Fitix. What, what this, works? This could be a technique for people. Well, this is, this is, a, this is something my co-founder discovered many years ago. Uh, anybody here do any like scuba diving or, or, uh, you know, oh, so you have a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's, it, work, it works perfectly. And oh so my it's, God. It, it, it's a charming name, Spit. Uh, and it's an alternative to actually using spit, but oh, I guess ke- ke- chemically it's probably oh. similar, uh, and it prevents fogging. Well, nice. so what? I mean, Mr. Hardware, 
Mm-hmm. Is, is this okay? Can can we do this to our lenses? Uh, <laughs> I would say the dish soap is probably not a great thing. I have no idea what the deal is with the spit stuff besides your actual spit, right? But I I, I don't know. Do you ever use your own real spit when you're cleaning no, your lenses? <laughs> no, I do not. What I do is I, I try to use fans. First of all, I always blast when I'm working out, especially I always blast the fan at me. All, as high as it can go, you know, uh, there are also uh, fans that you can get that attach to the facial interface of the Quest and blow air directly into onto your forehead and into the headset uh, area. That, that helps. And these these are both huge, huge with controlling uh, how much you're going to sweat when you're working out because you're going to be working out, right? You're going to sweat. Most people are going to sweat into their headset. I remember the original HTC Vive had a lot of issues with their seals, and it would it would break the Vives pretty easily. Uh, but the Quest and the Quest 2, not so much of an issue. Um, but, you know, you do want to be careful with those lenses because you can't replace them. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I agree. Let the team know you said so. Yeah. yeah, they're going to continue to use dish soap, okay? They don't care. But, uh, you know, Skiva handles all of his stuff with kids' gloves. So I was like, there's no way. There's no way you would put. No, I, I wouldn't. But I've ne- also not looked into if this is safe or not. So right. maybe it is. Right. Maybe it is. Uh, the other advantage of a fan, if you're riding a bike through VR, is obviously it improves the immersion. Right? So you actually really feel like you're moving through the air. And that it makes does. it more comfortable, too. Helps uh, combat yeah. any feelings of uh, motion sickness or something yep. like that. Yep. That might can help that. Yep. Yeah. Seriously, the yep. fan when moving is a big deal. I did a roller yeah. coaster simulator one time that it was an oscillating fan, and it was literally moments of relief when the, when the air would hit me. And then it would go yeah. off, and I would it's go big right deal. back to being uncomfortable. It's a big deal. Pointing a fan at you, if you experience motion sickness as well, is a huge thing. I would definitely uh, suggest it. It's one of the first things I say to people that are that are playing VR for the first time mm-hmm. is point a fan at you. It'll help with any potential motion sickness. So, Eric, is there anything about VR fitness that is like a big misconception that you would just love to clear up right now? Or maybe something about your game that you would like to, it's like a primary pain point that you think that people think exists that doesn't, you know, like something important that you can share with us. <laughs> well, the, we've covered, kind of covered the, the big, the, the most common one, which is, you know, people look at a, at a headset and they're like, uh, gosh, I don't think I want to wear that while I'm working out. They think it will just be uncomfortable, not only because of sweat, just because of its weight and moving your head around. And, you know, uh, when when my co-founder and I were way before we started the company, that's one of the first things we tested for is, well, we don't want to start this company if wearing a headset working out doesn't work, doesn't feel good. But the reason that it's not a problem or what is the problem is for the same reason that it works so effectively as a motivator for exercise. The minute you put that on and start working out, um, you are so uh, involved and wrapped up in what you're doing, you don't notice uh, sweat. We, um, Grinnell University and the University of uh, Exeter University did a, did a, a critical study of Brazil years ago, and they came up with this term disassociation to describe what happens when you're in in our in our games and in using them so your 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 consciousness of your um fatigue and wag pain or just uh is pushed back by your uh, the activity of your, your brain saying okay i gotta dodge this um tank or I, I need to get to this next uh next milestone as, a, as i'm running oh, just a, just a casual astral projection into a digital environment Mm-hmm. That's cool. I mean, it's 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 the same goes for uh, the locomotion discomfort. 
uh, you know, everyone said, well, you know, VR is getting a hard time uh, being adopted because it's the, the problem is entirely solved. We have our special motion controls that really address it pretty well, but it's not entirely solved. But it reminded a bit of the early days of the airline industry when all the planes flew, you know, at low altitudes and pretty much everybody got sick and half the pilots got sick on every flight. But it didn't prevent the development of the commercial airline industry. What happened is it got better and better, pressurized cabins, higher altitudes. And the same kind of thing is going to happen with VR. Through continuous improvement, what we, you know, what we, we kind of extrapolate the amazing progress that's happened over the last five years from, you know, this $2,500 science experiment that was the, you know, the first uh, DK1s uh, and you know, the, the rifts to this uh, Oculus Quest all-in-one headset. You know, extrapolate that out another five years. You can just imagine what, what that's going to look like. Truly, truly. Um, what about uh, what about FitXR, Kelly? Is there anything that you kind of want to, that you can take this opportunity to just like get out there and clear up, you know, or anything important about FitXR that people really need to know? Yeah, um, I, I do want to echo what Eric said. And it's, it's about getting people who didn't necessarily think that fitness was for them and showing them that they are capable of this. And what Eric, what you're referring to is like this flow state that you can get into. And this is typically sure. something that athletes get into. And usually the people that adopt exercise later in their life are former athletes. And I think what's amazing that what we're offering is the opportunity for everyone to get into that flow state. And that flow state is you just zeroing in on what the mission is. And if that's getting yeah. a goal in soccer, or if in VZ Fit it's blowing up a tank, um, or in FitXR, if it's getting the most amount of points, whatever that mission is, you, you push out everything else that tells you I'm tired, I'm fatigued. It doesn't matter. You're just focusing on that one thing and that's what the most important thing is and you're going to do whatever it takes and that's why it's so effective. And so I would say that um, for FitXR, what in our DNA is making fitness fun and to get you to that state and that it is genuinely for everyone. Something that we're really big on is making fitness accessible for people with disabilities. And this is, um, fitness in general is a very, um, it's very ingrained in ableism. Yeah. And this is something that we want to break that boundary down and change people's lives and, and give them the access that they have deserved the entire time. And um, so that's something that's really near and dear for FitXR is to be an outlet and um, just a space that everyone, depending on where you come from, what interests you have in fitness, if it's dance, if it's boxing, whatever, um, if it's stretching, which is eventually where we're getting into, like, if these are things that you're interested in, like, we're happy to have you and we're happy to make it entertaining and fun at the core, but also effective. Um, so yeah, I, I guess <laughs> those are many things, but I, I would say at our core is that we're really just trying to be as inclusive and, and break down boundaries for people in the fitness. People, space. the time is now. Like the tech is here. These apps that it, that exist are awesome, and just get one of them. All right. If 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 it's not uh, Fit XR or uh, or um, or Easy Fit. Fit, then it's it's one of these other ones. You know, just start playing. Like, just start doing it, and go look in the mirror in like two months. You know, like yeah. it's really like it's exactly. just something that you do. You just start doing it and then go look in the mirror in two months. And I 
bet you you will see a difference. I think yeah. uh, both of our guests would agree with that. When 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 in the past yeah, and I would, have we been sorry. able to play video games and get fit? Right? Yeah. This is a big deal. It's a big deal for me. Yeah. Tell you that. I'm sure you got so. sweaty and playing Guitar even, Hero, but not enough. <laughs> it's not even about what you look like. And I do want to emphasize that is that I think that we come from a culture where it is about that. But honestly, our members feel amazing. And that's what that is what exactly. fitness is about. Fitness is yeah. preventative medicine and it makes you feel amazing when you move your body. So having giving that to everyone, like your point grab your headset it could be vz fit i'm happy if you go do that i'm happy if you come to fitxr i'm happy if you go supernatural all these other places like it's just about moving and it's whatever fits you and whatever makes you whatever sticks and i think you guys touched on that before is finding what is going to make you come back exactly kelly eric this has been awesome this was a great conversation and uh, thank you both so much for your contributions in the VR space. Um, and that obviously we are having real life impacts on, on people. Um, you know, we're, we're grateful that stuff like this exists and uh, we're going to encourage you to keep moving forward and keep expanding on this and keep improving on it because I think it's only a matter of time. And I think you guys think that too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Very good. Well, thanks guys. Thank you guys so much. Nice to meet you this was an so awesome nice time. New York. Thank you guys Adios. so much nice for joining us. And um, stay in touch. We'll see you soon, okay? Um, Say goodbye bye. to them, everyone. Bye, Kelly. Bye, Eric. And they're gone. And they're gone forever. They are gone. Yep. Man, this was a great episode. It was. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Huge thank you to all of our guests who joined us today. We had four amazing guests on this episode, and the conversations were rich and deep and beautiful. And uh, I feel like we, I, don't know, I feel like we got into some some stuff today, don't you? We absolutely did, man. And you know, I've been I've been kind of uh, I lo first of all I love rhythm games, and second of all, like I said, I like to if I'm gonna work out, it's, it has to be in VR because it's what I enjoy. And uh, like Kelly was saying earlier, it's disassociative, right? You don't, you don't even think of what your body's going through and how fatigued you are. You just go for the mission and yeah. it's awesome. And you don't even realize that you're sore until after everything's done. Or you'll, you, go, you go beyond your comfort mm -hmm. zone. You do. Like you will have stopped yep. if you weren't doing the mission, but because right. you're doing the mission, you will keep pushing. And uh, that's why these games are amazing. So thank you all for joining us here on the live broadcast. Of course, thank you for listening to this or watching this after the live broadcast. If you caught us afterwards, we do the show live on Fridays. And uh, we yeah. have an amazing people who come and join us amazing community who come and join us every single week like Wolfraza who is up in here and Chroma Snare and Robin and Traveling Man, a little Reese the King came in near the end there thanks for stopping by dude um, you know, Laszlo who dropped the super chat on us and Techno Glitch um, you know, thank you guys so much for coming and being a part of uh, the Between Realities community um, which by the way also has a Discord server you should come and join us and play some games with us sometime mm -hmm. what are I we doing agree. next week? next week Actually, it's not even next week. It's in two days. What? Oh, holy Because it's not Friday. It's not BR Friday. It's You're BR right. Wednesday. <laughs> so in two days, we are going to have uh, a fellow content creator, uh, someone that blew up on TikTok, is doing very well on YouTube, uh, is very big into the modding community, uh, Genghis VR. She is... Uh, she The Foss Roda girl. Yeah. She typically has uh, googly eyes on her headset. No one's ever seen her face. 
Uh, except maybe us, because we've hung out with her we in real life. We saw her in real life. Well, yeah. no one's seen yeah. her eyes. She covers Correct. her eyes, Correct. but she keeps her like her like nose and mouth in her videos. Mm-hmm. So yep. she's an elusive and mysterious one, and yes. uh, she will be a lot of fun to have on the show yes. in just uh, two short days. Yep. So uh, thanks again, everyone who came out for the show. Uh, a little surgical gaming dropped in there at the end. Thanks for being here, man. And uh, we will see you guys in two days with Genghis VR. Woohoo! See you then. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you.